I want to be the me of something. I'd rather be the I'd rather be the me of something than the someone else of anything. Ah. What if you were the Jeffrey Sidoris of Jeffrey Sidoris? That would be pretty spiffy. Okay, it is September 1st. Yes. September, October, November, December. You are correct, sir. We are in the fourth quarter. Um, I feel like I'm in. The, I feel like I'm in the, in the fourth third quarter. quarter. Actually, you're in the fourth quarter. Of what of life? I feel like I'm in the fourth quarter of my life. That's depressing. <laughs> Unless you're Tom Brady and are cheating and I, in some way. I got oh. no time. I got no timeouts left. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's Tuesday, September first, kids. Uh, unless you're wait, what? Unless you are, what, what are no. I, I was going to say if you're in Australia, there. What are they? Fourteen ahead. So yeah, it's still, I think if you are at the international dateline, you might be. All, yeah, you're already in tomorrow by nine a.m. Right. So for some for some rare thing of no, people, it is. It yeah, no, Australia. It's it would be Wednesday now. Are there twenty four ahead? Well, they're enough ahead that they're they're more than fourteen hours ahead, which is what it would be. It's I think there's what are they sixteen? Somebody I know is in Australia. Are we really doing math right now? <laughs> On the anyway, air, this is great radio. So, that's right. So it's either Tuesday or or maybe it's maybe it's the second. So either way, happy September. Indeed, glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's on taking pictures. It's uh, the uh, the photography podcast you love to love there you go right yeah no i like that that's good it's it's my favorite photography podcast <laughs> do you listen to any others no yeah <laughs> are, i didn't know there were are any others There's... uh actually that's that's not true i i, I do listen to about a body ah yes of course i don't listen to a body regularly yeah. Uh, but when he has someone interesting, I definitely listen because yep. I, I think he's a terrific uh, he's host. He's an excellent, excellent host. Yep, good guy. Um, but no, I don't. I don't listen to a lot. I, what, what's the last? The last podcast I listened to was on my run yesterday. I listened to Mark Maron's interview with uh, Lake Bell. Oh, how was that? It's good. You have to sit through a conversation with. Uh, um, Oh gosh, what is what's what are their names? You know, there is a fast forward button. Yeah, I know, but I just I, I like Mark and he's interesting, so I tend not to want to fast forward through it. Um, anyway, the the first you know twenty or so minutes of the podcast are, are Jesse kind of, and Rose McGowan. That's right. That's right. That was a rough conversation to listen to because they're throwing out buzzwords and sort of you know yeah political speak and yeah. it just. Mm. We need, we need more buzzwords. Do we have Cause, buzzwords? Buzzword? Do we have buzzwords? Yeah, I don't know. We need some more. I think that would help us. Lens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait. Introduce us so I can say film. Something. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, right. Right. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. You're Bill Wadman. That's right. Uh, hey, um, did I tell you about the peer pictures at MoMA when I was talking about that stuff last week? I was talking about Ilsa Bing or uh, uh, or uh, um, Greta Stern. Greta Stern. No, uh, apparently you forgot. Oh, so bad. Anyway, so 
<laughs> I don't know. I forget the specifics of who did this, but there was some pier off of Manhattan that some guy owned, and he brought all these photographer artists onto the pier to make work on the pier however they wanted. Some people ended up making sort of narrative things. Some wow. people brought people onto the pier. Some people, it was it was like a thing back in the day, right? And there was this one set of pictures that went from sort of imagine almost a Kodak uh, uh, chart that went from way overexposed to underexposed, like 10 stops of bright all the way to almost black. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then right underneath it was the same thing, bright all the way to black. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I wonder what this is. So I go read the label and this is so cool. So the top row are 10 exposures made darker by changing the aperture. Right? Okay. Everything else is locked down. Yep. Okay. The second set of exposures underneath it matched the first set by waiting for the sun to go down enough that the exposure would be the same. So it was the constant aperture on the bottom, just the exposure Uh, from the sun changed. That's pretty neat. And he got them so that they matched, not perfectly, but like close enough that from, you know, if you're just looking out the corner of your eye, it looks like two sets of strips, like of exposure tests. Wow. So getting, getting them to match... Well, you, well you he must have is? had some sort of meter to figure out, oh, okay, we're one stop down, like do the right. exposure. Next right. stop down, we'll do the exposure. And, and he's you can there actually, with all of the other photographers? No, they people that went at different times. Mm. And but but the, you could um you can see the sun going down in the lower set, like going over the hill and, mm. and kind of and just so at the last exposure it's basically just a glow coming from the from the like hills across the river in New Jersey, you know. Oh wow. It was it was just kind of neat. And I just thought, you know, that that's one of those things where the process of it is all of what it's about. Like the sure. picture was not an interesting picture. It right. was al- that's almost an academic exercise, you know, yeah. at a certain point, you know, but, but also sort of intriguing in sure. some sort of intellectual sense. Like, okay, that's a really neat idea to try to do that. You know? Um, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just thought I'd put that out there. Y- you know what that, you know what that is getting that right? What? Peer pressure. Oh God. <laughs> Did you really just do that? <laughs> that was awful. I'll find I'll find a link to this thing and put it in the show notes. But in some ways it sort of it sort of falls into this video thing we teased last week, which is sort of this idea of objective standards in art and that kind of thing. Right. You know? Um uh you you watch this 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 guy be crazy? <laughs> this guy be crazy? <laughs> This guy'd be crazy. Yes. I was watching a Martin Lawrence retrospective. Um, the, the modern art thing from Prager. Wait, what happened to Martin Lawrence? Uh, well, Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Yeah. And then they uh, came for him. Didn't they? Uh, it's right. Uh, didn't he, wasn't he the one that kind of lost it in the intersection? Didn't he have a, a breakdown in the inter, in, oh, in L.A.? I can't remember if that was him or not. I didn't know that. I always thought he was funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bad Boys made a lot of money. I don't think I saw either of those for some reason. Like, I just, they kind of got past me. You're dead to me. Really? All right. Well, what You've are you You've seen Point do? Break, though, right? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a Point Break and, um, uh, uh, what's, what's the British one? Hot Fuzz, uh, double feature one night at the house we had a movie ah night. i did point break roadhouse back to ah, back. that's that's a classic too 
Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry. It was uh, like so a little you, mini Swayze thon. Is what it was. <laughs> so you what you watch this guy? Uh, yes, Robert Florzak. Yeah, yeah, Florzak. Do, do you think that there have been this person in every every generation? Sure, multiples. Sure, I, I think probably most of us know this person or or this personality type. This, you know, it's it's very much. You know, get off my lawn. It was so much better back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Th- I mean, do you? You think it's that simple? It seems to be. Um, and and one of the things what we're talking about, guys, is this video from Prager University uh, talking about which, by the why, way, is not a real university in the in the traditional sense, like right. a place that gives out degrees. It's some rich guy gave a thing so people can make videos and put them up. It's sort of like a conservative con academy i guess is a, a decent way of putting it i guess yeah i don't know yeah. what the from what from what you describe yes yeah okay sorry um, so so the idea is modern art is is crap basically that yeah. that you know this guy's point is nothing good came after what 1930 or 19 yeah something something along those lines yeah um and there's no obj- and, and and that there's since there's no objective uh, benchmark or objective criteria to define art, all art is bad. All modern art is bad. Yes, because if you can't um, say why it's good in some measurable way... Okay, but... But how could you... What's so, what was necessarily so good about the other stuff, like in a measurable way? Isn't it just sort of like it... I don't know, it looked real. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it should go ahead. I, d- I don't know. I mean, is it, he's saying that the level of quality has dropped. Well, yeah. I don't know how you can measure that because it's not apples and apples. Yeah. So because, because Boucher, for example, was this, this phenomenal draftsman and, and deftly sort of handled the figures, both drawing and painting, is that more talent or more uh, ability than Richard Serra, uh, uh, you know, bending metal to his will kind of thing? Right. Or, or it, well, it, it, is I, it? I go ahead. I, I, I was, it's interesting that he also, he cherry picks on both ends, right? Sure. He's cherry picking the David and, I don't know, you know, the, the Da Vinci and whoever else right mm-hmm. at Caravaggio or, or Bernini or something right he's, he's cherry picking the sort of the, the super greats of an entire generation and comparing them to a single show in New York in 1985 or whatever it is right you know what I mean like or a single piece at LACMA the, the rock he kept it, going back to the yeah, rock yeah which actually I understand what he's saying about like okay look you know, Michelangelo made the David out of a rock and nowadays the rock itself. And it's like, okay, yeah, but I still also like the idea that they're letting this, you know, 140 ton thing straddle this thing that you can walk under. That's, it's kind of interesting. Um, it, but, but, but it's, but it, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, I was going to say he's, he's, he's trying to make a line in the sand and, and I have a difficult time with absolutes. Yes. yes, there are examples of modern art that's ha- that, that, that you can find hanging in museums and galleries all over the world that, in my opinion, maybe even in your opinion, maybe in someone else's opinion, is complete crap. Yes. But someone out there found relevance, found uh, maybe beauty, maybe uh, uh, some sort of metaphorical meaning. Yep. Uh, so someone found it 
interesting enough to put it in the gallery. And who am I to tell that person that they're wrong? Well, I don't also, have to patronize the gallery. I don't have to, right. you know, uh, contribute to uh, uh, adding a new wing if I don't believe in what they do. Yeah. But I, I also don't believe that I have the right to say there needs to be an objective uh, committee that decides whether or not this is art. Because that committee is going to be made up of individuals and those individuals are going to have their own agendas as well. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole the whole argument of the impressionists, right, started out as a way to rebel against the 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 people in charge right i mean mm-hmm. that was the whole mm-hmm. thing i you know i remember going to ps1 which is like this other little moma place in queens that is just contemporary art just sort of like really kind of out there stuff a lot of times and you know there there's a crack in 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 the floor it's an old uh public school you know and and there's a there's a, a break in the floorboard in one area that just kind of like fell through over the years and so they stuck a monitor underneath this so all of a sudden you're like help me help me and you look down and there's like a little person like in this crack you know like just weird stuff like that you know and there's a lot of stuff there that i walk by or walk through or walk into and i go what like how what you know but I've also been there and that's where I found Vic Muniz for the first time. Right. You know, who, who like literally blew me away. Sure. Or, or the, or the classic thing that I've told before the story of the, the pile of junk in the middle of the room. And I was like, really a pile of junk. But then you realize that there's a spotlight on one end of the room. Yes. And the, the thing on the wall is like a perfect silhouette of like these two people back to back drinking, you know, drinking right. wine glasses. Right. And you're right. like, what? Like, I would never have thought of that. And you know what? Right. Michelangelo would have never thought of that. Right. Like society moves on. You know, this is you're talking about painting uh, before photography. Well, at the point at which photography is a technical thing, why do we need perfect paintings anymore? Mm-hmm. Paint, painters need to do something different because we got this, you know, um, that, that that society changes over time and you don't know where it's going to go. And to your point about like the contemporary gallery or what have you, um, you know, yeah, not everything that came out in 1830 and was put in galleries was amazing either. How much all sure. the stuff that we've forgotten over the years. Sure. Um, and you, but but you got to put this stuff out there and, and let society live with it a little bit to see if it means something. You know, well, that's just it. It's it's a this this guy's point Slightly is a Darwinian, fairly I guess is yeah. It's this yeah. it's this sort of revisionist uh, perspective that nothing good and memorable will come out of out of uh, contemporary art. And yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, I don't understand work like uh, what was the thing that Duchamp did the the fountain the, the urinal one. Yeah. yeah, I don't get that. I don't get uh, Serrano's uh, piss Christ. I don't get it. Yeah. You know, so, okay, uh, you know, I, I don't look at it. I don't, I don't think about it much. I don't, you know, let it into my psyche in, in the same way that there's going to be music or television shows or films or books. So should we only allow Catcher in the Rye and Moby Dick? No, yeah. that's silly. Yeah. Should we only allow, uh, you know, 2001 and The Godfather? No, that's silly. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Do you, I mean, I guess that begs the question then, just a, a slight tangent. Mm-hmm. How is, are, are we at a point now or have we been at a point in the last 80 years where the, the forefront of art, the sort of cutting edge of artists doesn't mean anything to the general public? And maybe it did before. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
you know, you, you hear you hear stories of of oh, when say the impressionists, you know, put their stuff on, it was a hu- it made a huge splash in Paris. And of course, at the time in the 1880s or whatever it is, maybe a huge splash in Paris was was uh, uh, just the rich people that wrote the newspapers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but do you think that there was more of an understanding that like, oh, that show is going on right now and, and it's a big thing. It's something new and different in a way that the average person nowadays is just like art. What? You know, I mean, did more people go look at this stuff? years past than do now because it's sort of gotten to the point where it's outside of what they can uh, communicate with what they can understand right off the bat that's a that's an interesting question that's a good question i like has art gone around the bend so that it's irrelevant to normal people now i think which, which art, is a better question of version of what he's asking i think art conceptually is still very relevant um i i see a lot of Work and I've been going even since I've since I've gotten to DC. I've been going to museums and and looking at things and and it seems like in some ways the later you go on the timeline, the further down the artistic timeline you go, the more the art has to be explained, or there has to be some sort of placard or 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 paragraph telling you what it is that's going on and why this is significant and why it's important. And whereas maybe, you know, with the impressionists and even before, even like the Bouchers and the Fragonards and the Watteaus, where you could look at the craftsmanship uh, and, and the artistry for lack of a better word of these, you know, eight, 10, 12 foot canvases and it's just apparent. It's apparent that 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 readily apparent that this person had uh, skill and vision yeah. and talent or what you know whatever the, the mastery was obvious. Yes. Whereas whereas now, it's almost like the mastery has to be explained, in some ways. Yeah. And I don't think that's across the board, but I certainly see that in in modern art where I'm I'm looking at some of these pieces and I'm, you know. I, I'm not the I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm also not the dumbest tool in the shed, you know. Right. Uh, and I'm having a, I'm, I'm I find myself struggling to figure out not only why it's relevant, but locking on to something that's good about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's yeah. a there's a piece yeah, right even, now. Even if you don't agree with it, just like to try to figure out what it is that other people love about it and going, okay, I understand what that concept is. It doesn't do anything for me, but at least I can get a handle on why it's important. Right. Uh, there, there's a piece in the, it's in the, what's the other one on the, uh, it's on the other side of the portrait gallery, the American. Oh, the, yeah. Um, you know, American art museum. There you go. Yeah. American art museum. Okay. So there's a piece in there right now. Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, it is called The Throne of the Third Heaven of the Nation's Millennium General Assembly. Okay. okay. It was created by James Hampton. And uh, the description is, it's gold and silver aluminum foil, craft paper and plastic over wood furniture, paperboard and glass. 180 pieces in overall configuration. Uh, and it took him 15 years to create this. Whew. So uh, I'm looking at this thing and 
all I can think of was the the determination, the 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 vision that he had to have maintained to work and refine and keep working and refining this thing for 15 years. Yes, it's humble materials. It's wood. It's it's aluminum foil. I mean, you could argue that paintings are humble materials too, but something like this. While I may not, while it may not resonate with me aesthetically there's there's a process at work behind the scenes in creating it that I can lock onto and respect. Much like the guy with the cardboard Bernini. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the, the in some ways the amount of time invested just to do this is in itself an impressive feat. Yes. This is an artifact to the time this person put in here. <laughs> like the, you know. Uh right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, some of the things, again, not to pick on Duchamp, but to go back to, okay, here's this. Oh, I've seen this thing. Right, right, right. Okay. And it's it's massive, Bill. It's massive. Uh, You know, looking at at the, the, you know, urinal and and you just write, what what did he write? Something, Uh, hut, uh, hut, mutt? Mutt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I. I don't get that. Found art, baby. It. Found art. Okay, I, I, I'm fine. Just I don't. <laughs> but but I don't get it. Yeah, no, I and, agree. And because I'm so sort of uh, uh, well <laughs> process driven, um, I tend to identify um, with things that that have a, a, a deeper level of of. In my mind, and maybe I'm maybe he searched for months to find the perfect urinal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But but the end result of it is you found a urinal, you you signed something on it, and you called it art. And I don't understand that. I, I've tried to understand it. I've tried to read you know essays about it and criticisms, and and yeah. I still don't understand yeah. why that. Well, I mean, like you and I can sit there and go, okay, well, is it art? If he, but well, yeah, okay, we could have a conversation about it for five minutes. But it's like. But it's still just a urinal with a name on it. Right. It's, it's my same thing with a lot of the Warhol stuff. I was just like, all right, so you took a picture of Elvis and you screen printed it onto a thing multiple times. Yes. Why is that good? Like, you know, I don't know. And you could say, oh, well, it's because he had this team of people in the factory and this, that, and the other thing and taking pop culture and turning it into art. It's like, okay, all of those are interesting concepts, but the thing that you're using as the example of that is not interesting to me. Right. Although the soup cans are. For some strange reason, I don't know why. I like the soup cans, you know. So I, so who knows, you know? Yeah, but yeah. The, the, even in the in in that sort of uh, uh, same kind of school and time period, uh, uh, the Lichtenstein stuff strikes me as more impressive than what Warhol was doing. Yeah, and again, this is maybe just just your own biases to me. for whatever reason. Yeah, sure. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, to me, Warhol was the the. The leap from what I know of his life and work was the least interesting of that kind of group where, you know, it was Lichtenstein and Jasper Johns and, yeah. and even, even Rauschenberg was in there. I would put him yeah. in there, too. Um, yeah. So it's 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 fascinating that they're that the that these people uh, at, at the Prager University are are sort of advocating for an objective body to define what is and isn't art, because that seems to. Hmm, that seems to lead to stagnation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, let me ask you a question though. This is, this is my experience when seeing this stuff. I have seen 
many See, of wait, the... Wait, seeing which stuff? The, well, the, I'm, the, I'm, the I was going to get there. Okay. I was going to get there. Okay. Um, I have been to Europe and seen many of the sort of great works of Western art kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I've been to the Louvre. I've been to the Uffizi. I've been to these places, right? And as impressive as going to the Academia is and seeing uh, David or the Pietà, the you know, or 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 those Caravaggio calling of Saint Matthew painting that I love so much, right? Mm-hmm. As impressive as those things are to see, the 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 feeling, the emotion that I get from seeing those is different than it is me going and looking at, say, Starry Night. For some reason. Or from seeing the Rauschenberg stuff that you like so much, mm-hmm. you know, like there's there's something about sort of the more abstract forms of modern art, which are. I was going to say more more unique, which is a meaningless phrase. Um, it, 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 it's 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 it feels like they are work isolated from the reality in which they were made in some way is even if they are uh, fed by the circumstances of the day they seem more abstracted from society than the things that were made back in the day which which were there to glorify society in many ways Hmm. See what I'm saying? So is like, it the intent behind them that changed? I don't. I don't know. But I. I, I know that when. When you know, if if, like, if to use uh, that guy's example, you know, if I was at LACMA looking at that rock or standing underneath that rock, that feels different than standing in academia looking at David to me. Like it's sure. It's almost okay, like they, sure. It's almost like they're two. They, you're, we're talking about apples and oranges, literally. Like you said mm-hmm, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, I feel like maybe the, maybe there is a break in uh in art sometime around the turn of the last century where where abstraction of reality took hold in a way that it hadn't before it was it, it was flirted with in in the 19th century but but sort of took hold to where um uh, the, 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 it, it wasn't about recreating reality it was about our perception of reality and maybe that's sort of uh what it is that bothers him maybe i just don't like the idea that art ends with rembrandt no of course not right and And that seems to be what he's advocating well yes and he uses the example of uh you know i asked my students to to comment on this uh uh pollock painting and after they wrote for 10 minutes about the blah 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 i pointed out that it was just the front of my smock that i use when i'm painting it wasn't a pollock at all you know that whole thing and it's like you know here's the thing though if you showed that you're showing that to freshmen who don't know any better sure you show that to somebody who knows something about 20th century art and they'd be like that's not a pollock Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so like you're, you're playing on the the ignorance right of the audience in that case uh Plus, you know, <laughs> you went and looked at this guy's work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough said. And I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, know. I, I do think it's an in- interesting conversation, though. Like, this whole you, thing's you an can't, interesting conversation. You can't treat... You can't, you can't have this sort of reductionist viewpoint and, and make art about taking the Pepsi challenge. You know, you, yeah. you can't just show two paintings and go, well, one of these is art, but one of them's not. <laughs> Yeah, we you replaced know. their yeah. color crystals with. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, it's it's you, you it's the guy. You know, it's either Art or Sanka. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and I I don't think you can have that. I think there there has to be room. Uh, And again, I may not understand it. And and that shouldn't that shouldn't the fact that someone on the governing body doesn't see it as art shouldn't not make it art. Right, right, right. Because there is always somebody in some generation who thinks whatever the next generation's art is, is not art. Sure. Which it, goes I mean, for music, it, ha- it goes for everything. It goes sure. it's fashion. Like, yeah, like clockwork. Yeah, yeah. Except this next generation, it's crap. <laughs> the next generation <laughs> is yeah. crap. That's yeah. you're standing on that one. The kids <laughs> making junk. Uh, no. I, I, I already mourn my future. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Let's let's wait. Can we can we can we make it a pro, can we switch to a more pragmatic view of this whole thing? Or, or how it relates to photography. Sure. Uh, there were people up until the 1970s who said that, you know, black and white was the only photography that made sense as an artistic medium. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the classic Eggleston show at MoMA, it ends up becoming like, you know, changing the world. And then you get the Stephen Shores and you get the, you know, Joel Meyerowitzes and you get all these guys coming out of the woodwork. The right? Gregory Crudesons. Well, eventually, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, so are there times that that even you and i look at a certain kind of work in photography whether it's actual like straight photography or photo illustration or whatever and we say oh that's really beautiful but that's that's not like that's not art capital a are are we as biased as anybody but it's that's an individual interpretation i don't want art to be a regime I see what you're saying. Right. So it's okay for us to have opinions on what is or is not art, but the idea that art in a larger sense has some demarcation is the problem. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, maybe that gets back to the whole idea of is, is the curator concept, right? mm -hmm. Right. Where we said, is it getting to the point now where everyone gets to curate their own reality and the idea of some sort of professional curator is becoming meaningless. Is, well, but is, that's is, what it is. The, the world has become self-curated. Right. Is that a bad thing when it comes to the idea of, I mean, will we all self-curate any new contemporary art out of out of existence because there is nobody to stand up and say, no, you guys have to look at this for more than a half a second on Instagram. Maybe. This is important. The, maybe. And that's that's the slippery slope, right? That's the downside of it. Is is you know look at look at all of these apps that allow you to uh, curate your own stream, and then people can subscribe to that stream, and and people can you know say, yeah. well, yeah, I like that stream or I don't like that stream. Whether it's music, whether it's photography, whether it's fashion, whether it's food, whether you know. It, it, so yes, there is a danger of of potentially fantastic work getting lost in the noise yeah and and the idea of of well good work will always find an audience i think that was once true but i think it's becoming more and more difficult just because there's so much noise to sift through yeah a lot a lot of good work drowns in the sea of absolutely yeah you know i find i find photographers and and you know painters on Instagram or on, on, you know, just looking around the web that I've never heard of that I can't find reference to anywhere other than their own site, but they are wonderful works. 
Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't see them on, you know, this sort of mainstream, quote unquote, sites. But that doesn't... Because they don't have mean, friends who work at those sites or whatever. Sure, whatever. Yeah. sure. You know, uh, maybe. Uh, but that doesn't lessen how much I am impacted by their work. It just... It lessens how much society might be impacted by absolutely, their work. Absolutely. And it's, and it's partially because there's so much noise to, to, to sift through. Yeah. There's so much input and we are we are inundated with it. We are bombarded. Well, look, we it was it was exhausting when we started this show 175 episodes ago. <laughs> it's only multiplied exponentially. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's grown right. exponentially since then. Well, it, it, it is it's true. Kind of the I point mean, where it's almost comical how much content is is thrown on the pile that you're supposed to be shoveling. Yes. And how much, you know, goes in and out, you know? Yeah. What do well, we want? Because to, you oh, can't no, that's spend not, time on it. Because, and, and you know, each moment you spend on extra stuff, you spend on one thing, you may be missing something that's even better. Right. And is maybe you, you know how like when you're when you're younger and you're in a relationship and it's like it's not quite right, and you're like, oh, maybe there's a better girl out there for me, or you know, like those sort of crazy thoughts you have when you're young. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the whole that's the whole world with every single thing that is input. You know, I'm reading this article, but maybe there's a better article over there. Yeah. I'm looking at this person's feed. There might be a better feed over there. Sure. Sure. And, 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 and I, it's like that leaves no time for, for introspection. Well, it leaves very little time for the present. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It leaves very little time for the present. And one of the things that on a, on a personal note, one of the things that I am trying so hard to be better at is being present. It, it, the modern world makes it very difficult. Sure. Like they, they, it, it almost does everything in its power to not let you, you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> society doesn't want you to be present. Seriously. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It just, it, that's what it, it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the people, uh, lined up against you kind of thing, you know? Sure. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, but, but, you know, you, people, people, sh- I, I don't know where I found that video that we'd started with the Prager thing originally. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was some Facebook post that somebody put up and it, they it were, feels they like, were, yeah, a Facebook post. Yeah, it's total social media, f- f- you know, fodder, but, yeah. but the person who put it up was agreeing with it hmm. for what it's worth, you know? And I'd like to point out that I have. A lot of friends on Facebook, not all of which are, you know, actual friends of mine. It just, I mean, it, 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 so does art become an ism? Is it artism? I mean, yeah. it, it, oh, you mean, I see what you're saying. So like you're, you're biased against this art because it's not what you are. Right. What you, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, isn't that always everything, you know, like, you know, how much, how much, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to hip hop, but how much hip hop do you listen to? You know, uh, uh, not a lot. Right. I like, know. I like older hip hop. Like, yeah. 70s, 80s? Hip, hip, hibbited. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but I mean, you know, so I, I think that there is, but this guy's also, what, probably 50, 60 years old, right? Maybe. He's like, yeah. he's, he's, could be your kid, but he's, you know, he's getting up there. And just because, <laughs> look, I want to, <laughs> I just see him a little slow. Sorry. Uh, the, 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 the one thing I want to be clear about is I, I'm not saying that just because I don't understand something that it's not art. 
Right. I'm not saying that at all. There, there are uh, pieces and even entire bodies of work that maybe I haven't understood or haven't um, given a fair shake to, and then I've gone back to things and gone, well, yeah, okay, I can see that. Right. And, and I'm not saying that it's an absolute. What I'm, what, what I am saying is that that I don't want to sort of cut off the artistic nose to spite the artistic face. I think there are some fantastic up-and-coming artists. I think there are some fantastic artists that we've never heard of yet. Yeah. And and to to relegate them to having to produce work that's 100 or 200 years old to only then be called art is just asinine. That's absurd. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. this one though. Okay. If if in your in your opinion and I I tacitly agree with this that we need to live in the moment, that we need to be more introspective about the things that we bring into our brains, you know, or, or, you know, to mull on them a bit more. And that's, that's where growth and understanding and, and wisdom and all these things come from. Right. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we also understand that there is no possible way for us to keep up with this deluge of stuff that comes in. Do we necessarily have to, at some point say, you know what? I'm going to choose to make these things part of my artistic life and I'm sorry, but the gates are closing and I can't let, I can't let the, I got to close the floodgates and maybe I've got a tap to have a drink of water every once in a while, but that a lot of stuff is going to flow by that I'm not going to hear about. And that, that my artistic world could be defined by an entirely different set of work or, or things that I've seen than you have. Absolutely. Like and, the, and the idea that there's a common thing is, is becoming sure. And that's the other side of, of the curation culture is, is, you know, and, and that's kind of the exciting part of it is if I choose, if I choose someone or, or some, I don't want to say someone, but if I choose a curator, whether that's uh, uh, an organization or or a people or you know a, a person rather, um, that that consistently sort of feeds me or inspires me with things that that I find interesting that I wouldn't have found on my own, they become a new resource. They become. Uh, uh, maybe limited, but they become a resource in my consciousness. So I can look at, at what they say, hey, you need to look at this. This is interesting. This is worth your time. Right. I just think the challenge is, is finding that curator or finding that outlet that speaks to you. Yeah, it's very difficult. That doesn't and, and, placate you. Yeah, okay? but in, and even then you are going to be letting stuff go because there's no way you can follow it all. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. You can't follow it all. And, 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 and I think, and in some ways, like if you, let's say you found some really great work, this is a hypothetical, not a reality. Mm -hmm. You said, Oh my God, you really need to see this whole new thing that's coming out. Is it reasonable for me on the other side to say, you know what? I have no, I have no room for that. Yes, absolutely. You are where you are. Each of us is where he or she is. And, and if, if, if you've got enough to keep you challenged and occupied and empathetic and, you know, whatever the things are that are important to you, if you've got enough of those things, who am I to say, no, you have to let this in? Yeah. Who, yeah. who, who are any of us to say, no, you have to let this in? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was just looking up 
that the, the Taylor Swift's latest record, the 1989, which is probably like the biggest. It's the it's the biggest record in at least ten or fifteen years, right? It, uh, 1989 is a song, or the, the 1989 whole is the record. Oh, okay. The album. Okay. Record. I should stop that. Is the album? It's a uh, rec- it's a record of that time in her life. There you go. It's an um, album of of songs. Sure. It it sold five million copies since it came out, whatever a year ago, right? Uh, Thriller sold like 45 million copies, right? Yeah. Like when you had to go to the record store to get it. Right. And that's why, you know, I had a, <laughs> uh, a why, why there was a Michael Jackson room off the back of the house that I grew up in. Right. right? Um, but, but it's interesting. I mean, that, that, that just a, as a microcosm, even the things that are the sort of uh, standard bearers for a particular generation, which I would say that, you know, this Taylor Swift record is the best selling, whatever, like that there is no homogeny in culture like there was even 30, 40 years ago. You know, like that's like the idea that 40 million people would have the same album in their home just doesn't exist, you know? Hmm. And, 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 and I wonder how that is going to change for better or for worse, but whatever, I'm not going to give it a value judgment is going to change the things that people make over the next 30 years, you know, right. without, without a common foundation to be working on. And I'm not saying this in a reactionary way that like, you know, we need to teach the kids all the foundational stuff. So they understand where our side came. like, I'm not saying that I'm just saying it's a reality that, that, that people nowadays are going to have different cultural foundations. Will that lead to better, more interesting, more eclectic work? You know, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know is the, is the honest answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll lead to different work. Um, but you know, using, using that, using thriller as an example is interesting again, because the, the, the idea of a platinum record now, I mean, okay, it's still a lot of records, but it's so much easier to get music now. I feel like, I feel like platinum doesn't mean as much now as it did in 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the whole thing about kids not listening to albums anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. the loss of, of that art form, but, but maybe the growth of the, I don't know, playlist art form or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you could, you could argue anything. Uh, by the way, the national portrait gallery has a, uh, Elaine de Kooning portraits. Yes. I have not seen them yet. (laughs) I saw the, uh, the promo card when I was in there, uh, last week, week ago. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. If I come down next month, maybe we'll have to go. I, can I just tell you, uh, complete aside, but yeah. I love, love, love the ability to pop into a museum to see a piece or to see a few pieces just to sort of charge up creatively. Sure. I love that. Yeah. And and it's something that, and it, maybe we've talked about it, maybe we haven't, and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but there is something about when you when you remove money from the equation of 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 viewing art or history or culture or whatever it is and you can just sort of you know bounce in for a half hour or 20 minutes or an hour or whatever sure there there is something really really uh uh i don't know appreciated that just it fits me very well well en- enjoy that cuz it's our tax dollars paying for it well thank you 
<laughs> By the way, uh, I put a link in the show notes and I just stuck it in the the in the Skype thing for you just to see that uh, it's in the back there. You can see the multiple exposure thing I started this conversation with. Oh, right, right, right. You can see him kind of there on the wall. Yep. Uh, it's yep, the yep. best I've found of it, but uh, it's pretty, it's just kind of neat. So wait, where is this thing? Uh, oh, it's at MoMA. Right now it's at MoMA, but this is a picture from an exhibition from when it first came out in 1971 or something like that. But it's is the only it traveling or is it, a, is it in the permanent collection? Uh, it's in their permanent collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to go see Anyway, I just, uh, just wanted to throw that up there. Uh, I'll put in the show notes too. I think that was a good conversation. I, I think so too. I like these. Man, we need more crazy reactionary art history teachers. <laughs> like right. Yelling at us. What do you guys think? <laughs> Chime in. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Send us an email. Yep. <clears throat> I need I need a minute. This is, this is, I was, that was intense. Wigwams and teepees. You know what I'm right. saying? May I grab my water real quick? It, sure. I'll let you go grab your water and I will start the sponsor read and you can come back singing a song. A song. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's, uh, oh gosh. <clears throat> I don't know. Really? I, I was going to do some earth, wind and fire, but uh, I'll, uh, I don't know. Really? That's all you got? No Earth, Wind, and Fire? Wait, uh, which are, Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. 25 classes of Linda.com. <laughs> Watching Linda.com in September. <laughs> oh my God, that was so awful. Uh, there's something so wrong that's with it. Us. That's right, that's it. It's, do you remember <laughs> Linda.com in September? There you go. That's you know what we could do? Do you remember what? the, uh, today we salute you, Mr. Bad Tutorial Watcher? Do you remember those? <laughs> the, the, the Miller-like Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to start there? <laughs> Bad Tutorial Watcher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this episode is brought to you by <laughs> lynda.com. You guys know these guys. Online learning platform. They got 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your skills. You can learn how to do all kinds of crazy stuff. What about, uh, what about Led Zeppelin? Okay, go ahead. Linda. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, know, that's just bad. <laughs> uh, go check them out now. Free 10-day trial, lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash O-T-P. And uh, they've got, man, they got some crazy stuff. Burt Monroy has a thing called Pixel Playground that, that is like a 10-minute recess every week where Burt Monroy shows small self-contained projects for Photoshop and Illustrator. Come on, Burt Monroy. He kicks some butt. Uh, they 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 keep up with stuff. They show you tips and tricks of using Google Photos. Uh, they got the DIY photographer that'll teach you how to like build accessories out of stuff you have around the house, like some sort of MacGyver of, of photography. Uh, you you want you want color correction in Camera Raw? Well, Taz Taylor is going to teach you how to do that. They got things about uh, using Wacom tablets in Lightroom and and more control over tonal adjustments and retouching. Uh, using Wacom tablets with Photoshop. So if you've got a Wacom tablet and, and you don't know how to use it, this is this is great. Camera Raw training, aerial photography, enhancing photos, and just just in photos for Mac uh, Mac OS X, the new Photos app. It's fantastic. How to use Dropbox for photographers? They've got more stuff out here than anything you could possibly need oh now we're going to learn how to uh shoot a photo essay coney island with steve simon there you go this is see this is they're not messing around this is uh one hour and 24 minutes long there are three people right now watching this as we speak getting to coney island i know we're good how to go to coney island i go up the street get on the f train and get off at the end of the line um 
great, great stuff. Look, these people, they know what they're doing. They get great people in there to teach. So go check them out. Uh, this is for you guys. This is for the problem solvers who listen to us. These are for people who, who want to learn new skills. And, uh, you know, we love Linda. And with your membership, you can watch and learn from top experts. I just listed a bunch of them. You don't need Katrina to. Katrina Eisman. She's on there. Katrina Eisman, my buddy. The yeah. Photoshop diva. Orwig is on there. Yeah. Um, I think Derek's story there. is on there. Uh, and, and they've got thousands of video courses on demand. You can learn on your own schedule at your own pace. You can gra- grab them bite-sized pieces. If you just want to watch one little, you know, five minute section of one of them, just click right in, jump right in. Cause if you already know how to get to Coney Island, you don't need to watch that episode, that part of the episode, uh, browse each course, uh, transcript to follow along. If you're the kind of person who like learns by reading and, uh, you can always search for an answer, skip straight to that point in the video you can take notes as you go and refer to them later. You can download tutorials and put them on your phone or your or, or, or your iPad or whatnot. Uh, and you can create and save playlists of courses that you want to watch and send them to your friends and say, these are all the things I learned in my 10-day trial on lynda.com. What are you going to learn? So go check out uh, Linda, lynda.com. Check out your membership. Give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about photography, or you just want to learn how to get to Coney Island, I want you to visit lynda.com slash OTP and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Anything else you want to add? No. Do you remember <laughs> watching lynda.com in September? It's so uh, good. 151 people right now watching Julianne Cost. Ah, uh, yes, yes. She's, she's the Lightroom diva. She's on. She's doing a Photoshop course. I dig her. She seems like a really nice person. Uh, you know, I had a Photoshop question that no one had an answer for, and I actually emailed her, and she actually emailed me back. Yeah, she seems really sweet. Telling me there was no answer to my question. So, hi, Julianne. There you go. She's, she listens. Um, good. Linda.com. Maybe. Thank you very David much. David Hobby listens. Maybe David Hobby does. He's in D.C. Isn't he in Baltimore, David Hobby? Uh, David, are you question. in Baltimore? We'll find out. I, David, let's go have lunch. You want to have lunch with David Hobby? Yep. Good. We could go to Ben's Chili Bowl or something. Mm, Ben's Chili Bowl. Still never been there. The favorite of, uh, of, of Bill Cosby, interestingly enough. Uh, they are, apparently they are taking his mural down. I wouldn't be surprised. Off the side of the building. But uh, they do make good half smokes, I think is right. the term that you're supposed right. to use. I can't keep track of this stuff. Half smokes. There's I haven't been there. Great food here. That's where I used to get on the subway. Oh, at Ben's? <clears throat> well, right across from Ben's Chili Bowl is the 15th Street or the, yeah, U Street Corridor, Green Line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, where do you want to go from here? P- pigeon photography. That's where you want to go. <laughs> why, did, I don't, why did you even put this in here? Because I'm obsessed Ooh. with World War I right Ooh. now, as I do every like few years. I like di- deep dive back into World War I. Is that you being a pigeon? You know, I could put the mic right outside my window right now and I will get that sound. <laughs> but then you get pigeon poop on your mic. I'll tell you, if I turn off my air conditioner, they hide out under the air conditioner. Right. And it's so annoying. So I go and I like bang the air conditioner and they go. Pop, 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 pop. I love the outfit in this. So this is a real thing. But yeah, I, so- I love the little vest, the little like it's, you know, pigeon photo couture is. Yeah what it is well so basically basically what it is is that during uh before world war one and during world war one uh and all the way back to the first aerial photographers were taken by who nadar 
Nadar. Which is amazing to me that he would be the first guy to take aerial f- photographs. Because, you know, he saw, seemed like more of a studio kind of guy. Yeah, but uh, he was also a balloonist. That's true. But that was, it, that, that was back in 1858. And then as, as the late uh, 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 19th century went on, Alfred Nobel stuck a camera on a rocket and did rocket photography at the turn of the century. So this is like, it's not like these things hadn't been done before. Kite photography, all the rest of it. Why did he change his name? He had such a great real name. Is Gaspar Felix Tornachon. Yeah. Nadar. Gaspard. Hello, Gaspard. <laughs> How are you today? Uh, I am so good. Apparently they wanted to make it easier and sort of incognito take pictures of, say, cities with troops in them to see where you know new people were doing right so they built these little suits surveillance and they stuck cameras on pigeons that had like cameras that just went off with a timer so right. the pigeons would like go up above the city and it would be snap 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 and so there are these pictures on on uh, wikipedia of pigeons with cameras on their chests Right. Which I just think is just incredibly absurd, it, including examples of the photographs that they took, which are actually pretty cool. Did you see the ones in the middle of this Wikipedia article with the actual, you see the feathers? Right. On the either edge side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. And if you didn't know about it, uh, an interesting read. So I put it in the show notes. So uh, pigeon photography. Pretty yeah. cool. And they actually, they used uh, uh, portable dark rooms and uh, mobile dove coats, which I guess are what you keep pigeons in. Uh, so uh, that during the First World War, they would like bring them to the battlefield and like let them fly over and see what they could get. You know, yes, a dove coat is a structure, according to Wikipedia, intended to house pigeons or doves. There you go. Yeah. See, they even did it in the Second World War. Apparently, there were war pigeons. You know, there's a famous thing about the pigeons where. Some pigeon was supposed to bring some message from, you know, someplace to another place. And he was shot through the wing or through the foot and the foot like got blown off and kind of like in the process of getting blown off. It ended up like in him as like a projectile. But that the, the pigeon made it all the way to its thing and they like nursed him back to health for a while before he died. And there's like a statue or something of this pigeon because he got this information through that otherwise would have, you know, saved lives and blah, 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 blah. Okay. The best sentence in this in this article. Yeah. On on Wikipedia. <laughs> Which part? The United States Central Intelligence Agency later <laughs> developed a battery powered camera designed for espionage pigeon photography. <laughs> <laughs> Details of its use remain classified. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> espionage pigeon photography. Well, did you would you did you see the thing I put up uh, last week about pandas? Yes. <laughs> the giant panda has the body shape typical of bears. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Espionage can... pigeon photography. That is pretty awesome. That's good. You, your voice works well for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, pigeon photography. Go check Espionage. it out. Could you? Uh, oh, gosh. What? CIA. Just crazy. Yeah. Uh, camcorder app. What do you think of this thing? Uh, you, I you think said it you would be. I think it would be better. It's it's interesting. It kind of mimics the uh, the 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 tracking and head uh, uh, distortion that you got in cameras in the eighties. It would be cooler if you could import existing videos. But at the moment, it only works on photos oh, that are on them. videos that are yeah that are shot within the app. Hmm. I I grabbed it and tried it. 
Remember when years ago when we were talking about stuff and improvements of cameras and whatever it is, we made a we made a comment about how someday the look of a D70 is going to be you know thought of in 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 positive terms and sort of you know what I'm saying? Yes. That, is that what this is? Like what that that like the 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 crappy quality which was the best we could do at the time suddenly becomes a feature and not a negative thing i think this is a very niche kind yeah. of thing now yeah. what it doesn't do to my how, knowledge, how, wait, how good is the quality of, i mean when i say the quality i know it looks terrible but it's supposed to look terrible does it look terrible like actually i mean you know you and i live through this age it, it, does it, it look it, like it's, it's supposed to look or is it, it looks like it's it kind of or does it look out. like fake scratches on no stuff i think in, it looks pretty good i think it looks pretty good what it doesn't do is kind of garble the audio Oh, okay. So the audio is you know, clean. Where you get the little, you know, that yeah. little bit of, of distortion. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's cute, you know? I mean, what was it, like three bucks or something? That's a funny feature, though. I mean, this whole thing is just kind of silly. Four bucks, it says. Yeah. Uh, it's called VHS Camcorder. I, I could imagine people making little videos. Man, I, I used to have friends who used to make movies all the time, you know, had VHS cameras and would make movies for themselves and their friends, like, like uh, multiple hour long things that they edited together, whether they were narrative or just stupid things about their band or, you know, whatever it was. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when it was expensive and hard. Could you right. imagine what the kids are doing nowadays? Like, really? Oh, no, you go on, go on to YouTube it's and insane. look at like DIY or, or homemade music videos or, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're using sliders and dollies and, and very sort of cinematic effects and color grading. And, and it, look, if you want to put the time into it, it's not about the money anymore. It's no, just about right. the time and, yep. and finessing the final product. Yeah. And some weird level of effort, I guess, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Now, rumor has it that uh, the iPhones that are going to be announced next week are going to shoot 4K. Which is really necessary in a phone. I'm just saying it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a technical well, feat. Well, you know, the, the, well, I mean, it's certainly not the first camera that shoots 4K. The OnePlus One did 4K last year. Right. And apparently looked really good, mm-hmm. you know, for, for what it was. Uh, the idea I don't that want it's 4K a, to do 4K. I want 4K to be able to crop in to 1080p and make it look like I had multiple cameras. Yeah. But that's also assuming the, 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 the only problem quote unquote with, with that trick, which a lot of people do, do use and do use and, and, and use all use well is that your technique has to be nearly perfect because it's like zooming into anything, right? You know what I mean? It's like zooming into a 30 megapixel still image. It's like your lens, you better have been in focus and not had a lot of camera shake or else mm-hmm. the cropped in thing is not going to look good. You know, um, it's tricky. So yeah, but very cool tech. Uh, it's good. New Apple uh, TV too. Neat. Well, that's, that's the rumor. Do you have one of those things? Mm-mm. I, the problem is that I watch all my stuff on my computer and we have a projector hooked up to the computer. But my speakers and the projector are kind of on opposite sides of the room, you know, or like oh, right. 15, 20 feet away from each other. So even if I was going to use one of those things and plug it into the projector, I'd then have to get audio out of there and back to my speakers. You know, it would it would be a little tricky. Yeah, maybe I'll try it someday. Um, you can math get and Bluetooth art. speakers. Bluetooth? Bluetooth speakers. Yeah. I like my speakers, though. Actually, I need new ones soon. Uh, math and art. You put this one in. Engadget. 
Yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, the the uh, it's an right Engadget article. Uh, the title is "Algorithm Turns Any Picture into the Work of a Famous Artist," and apparently, a, a group of of German researchers and engineers have created an algorithm that. Uh, according to the article, basically amounts to the most amazing Instagram filter ever conceived, uh, a convolutional neural network that can convert any photograph into a work of fine art. The process takes an hour. It takes an hour? And the math behind it is horrendously complicated, but the results speak for themselves. I don't know that they speak for themselves. They are interesting, (laughs) but... Yeah. uh, Basically, it's, it's sort of mimicking colors, textures, brush strokes uh, of an original into into your uh, photograph. Right. But I don't think that that in any way takes away from what, what, what the original people did. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Have you ever used any of those? I mean, I mean I'm sure we've all played around with them. Any of sort of like the painterly filters in any of these apps or in Photoshop back in the day and stuff? I, Do you ever actually I get anything good out of them? The, the last thing I used was uh the app painter when it was before it was Corel. It was still owned by Fractal. So this has been a long time ago. Which is pretty impressive if you have skills in painting. Mm-hmm. Like the, Sorry, the, I was getting a the, drink. The the, the 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 realism of brush strokes is actually pretty impressive in painter, as I recall. There's one called uh water water log. Okay. L O G U E is that what it is? Water log? Yeah, water log uh for the iPhone. I have not used it, but the results look pretty impressive. It does uh, watercolor effects on on your photographs, and it, it looks really impressive, actually. That's pretty cool. Waterlog, huh? Waterlog. <clears throat> all right, I'll yeah, check it it's, out. It's uh, three uh, bucks. Andy Anako is all about one of those kinds of things for a while. I just, you know, it is. It, it's it's a neat trick, but at the point at which everyone can do it, then is it really a, a neat trick anymore? You know what I mean? It's well, sort of everyone like, can take a photograph. Yeah, 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 but everyone can't take the same photograph where if somebody can like, oh, I could take a picture of that sunset and stick it in this thing. You didn't actually make that painting. You just told oh, the computer to make the painting, you know? Sure, sure. Which is which is a little bit different, I think. Um, I don't know. Uh, all right, we got a couple other things here, but we're at a little over an hour now. You want to you wanna save these for next these, time? Yeah, let's put these for next time. Right, can we? Should we tease them? Or, or, or? Sure, go ahead, okay. tease away. So... There was this article in Time, The Next Revolution in Photography, where uh, Stephen Mays argues that in the future, like the idea of straight photography won't exist. It's it's sort of like that computational photography and 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 processing and all those kinds of things will be the innovations in photography going forward. Uh, uh, and then w- which apparently made a few people like a little bit angry Um there was a uh, an article on the uh, Photoshop blog by a guy named Michael Rubin saying the future of photography, which is a bit of a rebuttal to what the first guy said, which uh, I just thought we should read them and, and have a discussion about it. So I'll put the links in the show notes. If you want to read them before next time, uh, that could be good. And right. uh, and we'll and we'll go from there. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting and cool. There was something I was reading. Oh, I was reading an article about um, Ro- John D. Rockefeller's John. Is it John David Rockefeller? David Rockefeller, who is 
was was the patriarch of the family. He was the grandson of John D. Rockefeller. Okay, mm-hmm. he was the guy who came did like Rockefeller Center and all the rest of it. And they were talking about how he grew up in this house on Fifty Sixth Street or whatever it is, or Fifty Fifth because it's where MoMA is, has a courtyard now. He grew up in the house where there were these you know crazy old medieval tapestries, which are now up at the cloisters up in northern. Uh, Manhattan because they ended up giving them to uh, the Met but that they photographed these giant tapestries with some camera 15 years ago that was three or 5,000 pixels by 5,000 pixels like you know whatever the highest highest end camera was at the time but they didn't have Photoshop to do all the stitching so they hired these two mathematician crazy mathematician brothers these two Russian guys who used to build their own computers to compute high digits of pi and all kinds of crazy stuff sure those guys came as one does as one does and those guys came up with the math required to stitch together this these tapestry stills into wow. a large image of the tapestry but this was like in the mid 90s or something like well before this stuff was easy and commonplace hmm. anyway i don't know how that came up but uh it was cool i'll find a, i'll find a link and, and we'll we'll talk about this some other time okay uh, uh what do you want to go you want to go to the people's work people's work winding the down people's you know a lot of relaxation going on i'm like <laughs> i'm liking that do these people work or what i'm liking that uh, some good stuff in there. Um, Danny Alexander uh, poured himself a beverage. I dig that. Um, there was another one. Oh, David Lawrence. Love that shot of the road with the, the, the sunlight through the trees. Um, really beautiful. So you're in Michigan, are you? Wow. Yeah. Never would have never guessed. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot of relaxation, a lot of uh, end of day kind of things. But again, just as there has been, the, the amount of non-assignment or non-suggested assignment work has been ramping up. Um, Which is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Jeremy Bryant, love the shot of the tree uh, with the, uh, the, the Dr. Seuss reference. That's fun. Um, uh, Gareth Lewis. Terrific photograph. Uh, update us. Did you find the people? Did you find who they are? Um, he found these these this couple walking down the street, the middle of the street. I don't know where where are you, Gareth? That'd be hard to uh, find people. Specific uh, people. Big yellow balloon. Big yellow uh, helium filled balloon. Terrific shot. Yeah. Um, I like a uh, David Chixera. Picture it's like upside down of a sidewalk winding. Oh, the down. the path, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Uh, Peter Evans, man, I love his work too. Good stuff, Peter. Um, Robert Field of Dreams. That's a gosh, what a great field. Look at that beautiful sky back there. Uh, so yeah, some really good stuff. Matheson with that architecture. This picture that Doug Haight took of where the kids jumping off the rock into the ocean in Havana. Yes. Would you do that? Would you jump like do? Like, that worries me. Like, I don't know how deep that water is, but that kid like coming down on his head is terrifying to me. Um, I've I've never done like a cliff type thing. I don't know. I made I would try it maybe. Sure, You'd jump off a cliff like that. Sure. And Alex Alex uh, Bourgeois is uh, in Antelope Canyon. Have you been to Antelope Canyon? No, is that Utah? Where is that? Uh, it's in Arizona, Northern Arizona. Arizona. Oh, is that is that the one uh, where Page where... Arizona? Yes, where the famous yeah, picture was yeah, taken. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised never you there. never went out there. That's not that far from where your father used to live. 
Ryan, good stuff. Oh, another one by Gareth. Did you see this one in, in Times Square? Is that or not Times Square, uh, Union Station? Uh, no, I haven't seen that When one Time before. Stood Still? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I think it's probably Grand Central, I think it was. Gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so good stuff. Uh, Dennis McGuire, Wexford, Ireland at sunset. What a beautiful place. Is that your boat, Dennis? I like, uh, I like how you're having conversations with people. I, well, you know what? They write. They write in. No, they do. They Many do. answer. Uh, yeah. Gardner, Belmer Fishing Pier, New Jersey. Nice. <laughs> He's been getting some good stuff lately. Uh, John Jennings. Mm, I bet the food there is terrific. Mexican food place. Mm, I have I yet to find Mexican a good food. Mexican place here. Yeah, not really the town for Mexican food. Every but, town is but the town you, for Mexican you do, food. You do have a uh, a hill country Austin barbecue there. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of barbecue. Mm, Texas sausages from Kreitz. Mm. Although the, the barbecue in Nashville was really good. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to go and try it. What else? Dennis winding down. Love that. He's yeah, a menace, boy. that guy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, wait, so uh, what, oh, do- uh, Connors, John. Love the shot. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Which one? The, the silhouette against the river. Oh, terrific shot, John. Where is that? I'd like to go see that place. You're in Virginia, right, John? Aren't you the brother that's down here? We should get together. Yeah, you should make that happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough about that. Keep posting, guys. What's, uh, what's, what's next week? Uh, next week. Well, you came up with this. I like this. Metal. 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 So, you know, channel your inner hairband member. Yeah. Doesn't have to be that. Could be anything. That'd be really yeah. funny, though, if somebody did take pictures of a hair metal band. Yeah. Metal! Were you a metal I, fan? You were, you were a Rush fan. You weren't a metal fan. I, I like metal. I saw I saw several metal bands. I've seen really? Iron Maiden. I've seen Metallica. I've seen Queensryche. Did I tell uh, you about the time that I met the guy from Iron Maiden? Bruce Dickinson? No. One of the, one of the guitarists or something? Hmm. I was on a flight. My assistant and I were flying back from Oswego, Syracuse, maybe? And, um, we're on this plane, this like little plane. And there's like this guy like in shorts with like big metal hair, like just kind of, but like, he's like an older guy with like way too many rings and stuff on. And, uh, they were sitting like across from us and the girl sitting next to him was just like, excuse me, are you so-and-so? And And it was like this little two by two plane, you know, like two seats on each side, like a little uh, commuter plane. And, uh, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and she was like, oh, I'm a fan. Like, what are you doing up here in the middle of nowhere in, in New York and New York state? And he's just like, oh, I was visiting my parents. <laughs> he's like flying back to New York to fly to New Zealand to like start our new tour or whatever right, it was. Right. Like, but it was just like, but he was, he was some older middle-aged guy, right? Like the guy, like not at all metal. You know? right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, look, the lead singer, Bruce Dickinson, he's yeah. also a pilot. He flies commercially. Yeah. Like he has, has a job. He flies. Like and him he flies and what's their his tour name? plane. Uh, uh, like, uh, um, um, what's his name? Um, I don't know. Actor. Who, who's the guy? Who, uh, oh, who you're, the not, plane? You're, you're not, you're not putting Bruce Dickinson and John Travolta in the same sentence. Are you? Uh, I am. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how Yikes. angry you are at that. 
Yikes. Uh, it's so genius. Metal. Uh, yeah, so metal is the metal is the thing. Freddie's tying a bandana around his thigh right now. I think the guy must I think he Rip, was Dave his other pair of jeans. Looking at the pictures of the members of Iron Maiden, I do believe that it was Dave Murray. Hmm. Who 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 was the guy that I met? Just Good band live. Yeah, really? Fun band, yeah. They're fun. Okay. Uh, have not seen them. Uh, so last week during our conversation about who were we talking about? I guess we were talking about Greta Stern. Greta Stern. Greta Stern. Uh, we were talking about that crazy, uh, uh, not crazy, but the classic photograph self-portrait. Oh, we were talking about self-portraits. Actually, is what we were talking about of. Right. The early 20th century portrait of some woman with a Leica shooting a mirror, which had another mirror. So you saw a profile and the straight on at the same time. Correct. And it turned out that it was Ilsa Bing. Bing. Correct? Yeah. Uh, so I thought that we would use Ilsa Bing as our photographer of the week because I noticed that we had not. And it's always nice bringing sort of avant-garde early 20th century uh, 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 female photographers into the fore. Because you know what? We need to do more female photographers, so I thought we'd throw her in there. 1936, her work was included in the first modern photography exhibition held at the Louvre. There you go. Wow. She was not messing around. And uh, she lived to be 98 years old. In fact, she died in March of 1998, which means she died six months before I came to New York. She was still alive and living in New York City. She was Which getting out while she could before it went downhill and you got there. I know it's pretty smart, <laughs> but, but what's interesting about this besides her work, which, which, you know, I will put some links in the show notes is, is pretty uniformly interesting and excellent, especially of the stuff in Paris in the years between the wars and even in New York, uh, before the war and after the war and whatever, um, is that she ended up quitting. She basically gave up photography uh, uh, in the, in the late 1950s, she said that she felt the medium was no longer adequate for her and she seemed to have tired of it. Mm. And so my question for you, Jeffrey, and maybe mm. this is a conversation for another time is, uh, do, 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 what do you think of that? Could you see it happening to you? Not necessarily photography, but like where you're doing something for a long time and then it just doesn't speak to you anymore absolutely. and you move on. Yeah. Absolutely. Look at it. <clears throat> Cartier-Bresson happened to him, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he, but didn't, he was he was pretty old at the time. I guess she was yeah, in her 50s at this time. Still, you know, I mean, you, look, yeah. you've even said that that the process of photography, you know, that yeah. that that photographs taking photographs is not really what it's about. It's 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 the surrounding interaction. So, yeah. absolutely I can see that. Yeah. So it's so I I just thought it was interesting though like you know she's in her prime in many ways, you know, in New York after the war has been one of these people who who was in the landmark landmark exhibit uh in 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 1937 big giant show at MoMA uh 1839 to 1937 like the first basically the first century of photography, she's in that show, you know. Not many people get to do that. Uh interestingly enough though, there's also a great version of the classic self-portrait that she did later in life. Did you ever see that one? Mm-mm. Uh, if you search for her, here, here it is. I think this is the one. View image. I'm going to put this in Skype. Uh, so later in life, she recreated it. And I think it's the same camera, but with like a different, uh, 
Oh, that's it, cute. It, it didn't have the viewfinder on it. But Little cable cute? release, yeah. Yeah, I just thought that that was really endearing, and I'll put that in the show notes as well, uh, which is kind of cool. But uh, uh, I just, I don't know, I find that fascinating. It's also interesting when you look at the work that people did in a particular time period, right? You're talking about somebody who's photographing in the in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Right. That there are the solarized, overexposed, sort of Man Ray-looking things. There are the on-the-street sort of Cartier-Bresson-looking pictures. There are the sort of Aceh-esque almost uh, pictures with no one in them of Paris decrepit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that that there are zeitgeists in any art form. And if you look at the artists in any particular time, yes, there are the things that make them stand out, but often there's also this commonality between the people making work of a specific time, you know? Yes. Which is, yeah. which is really interesting uh, to see. I don't know. Just thought that was interesting. Yeah. She was just before her 99th birthday. She died 99 years. That's just, a pretty good is, run. Did, do you, do you have a sense or does it say in here? I haven't read the full thing. Yeah. What she did once she quit, what did she do after? Apparently she, you know, wrote poetry, did drawings and collage, incorporated bits of photos. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Huh. Which is really interesting. Now, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how she, maybe she had made enough money or, you know. Wanting to go beyond the figurative and work in a more generalized abstract mode with poems and line drawings and later collage. Interesting. Yeah. So she, she, she like went kind of out there. She uh, was like, she was like Sting, yeah. like the police, you know, like we're done. Yeah. And she's, she was known for daring perspectives, unconventional cropping, use of natural light and geometries. I don't know. Just kind of neat. Uh, uh, apparently Cute. the solarization stuff she figured out, uh, she came up with independent of Man Ray. She's kind of cool. So she's badass. Elsa Bing. Elsa Bing. Yeah. Uh, what do you say we wrap this up for now and we'll come back next week and talk to Bing. people again. I like the little Bing thing. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast that I'm taking pictures. Her website should be bingclick.com. Oh boy. If it, if, if it was put together in the early two thousands, it would have been. Bing picks. Um, Bing shots. Bing Maybe she owned Bing.com and that's where she made all her money when she sold it to Microsoft. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Uh, podcast and not taking pictures.com. Jeffrey is uh, Jeffrey Sidoris on Twitter and Instagram. I am Bill Wadman on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, 347-687-9411 if you'd like to leave us a message, Tom from Michigan or anybody else because those are Tom. always fun to get. I Tom love wanted, that, I love by my his, camera. His Instagram name is Tom in Michigan. I know. I saw that. That is genius, Tom. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he wanted to buy my camera this week, but I, I, I Which can't camera? sell it this week. He wants to buy my, he wanted to buy my Mark three, uh, cause he was looking to buy one and I was considering upgrading to a, a 5S or whatever it is. Uh, but I, I don't have the money for it right now. So I'm holding off, but he needed a camera right now. So he went and bought one himself. Uh, yeah. separately, but, uh, I've been cool. looking at film cameras. Uh, what, what were you looking at specifically? Uh, probably the, uh, either a Nikon FM two or an FE two. Yeah. So, you know, a couple cups of coffee and you could buy one. Uh, they're they're a hundred, hundred and a half. Yeah. Okay. I think you could, I think you might be able to put that together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I got that. Uh, do you have any film cameras right now? Uh, nope. Okay. Nope. So you're going to need one if we do well, a actually, little experiment. Well, actually, no, I take that back. I have my Electro. What is an Electro? 
uh, Yashica Electro Thirty Five. Oh, I don't. Uh, little yeah. rangefinder, little little thing, little thing. Oh, yeah, okay. That's similar like to, to the Canonette kind of thing. Similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get uh, just a little, you know, FE two small body, uh, similar to in styling to what the DF looks like. Sure. Um, but just a little something to to kind of pack around. Going old school. Got to do it. All right. You just you don't want to buy a Leica. I get it. It's cool. Hey, do you ever get that film developed that we shot in in Philly? You know, I can't find it. Ah, too bad. We'll I know. To, we'll I can't find it. We'll it have to go shoot again. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. I think we're done. All right. We will have talk to you guys next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This way